Welcome and peace and blessings be unto you, brothers and sisters. I'm your brother from the 12 tribes of Israel congregation. Thank you for visiting our websites, which are 12t.co, risers.com, and 12tribes.net. If you have any questions or suggestions, or you just want to say hi, give us a call at our toll-free number, which is 888-447-1695. Of course, you can email us at scribe at risers.com. Today's topic is called why are people dislike their history? What I wanted to say is why people hate their history, but some of our people do not have that strong feeling of hatred for their history. Today begins the first day of Black History Month. This is the only time that our people actually allow themselves to speak about their history. Some still do not like it, so they don't even entertain it. But we got to ask ourselves, why do our people hate their history? so much. To the point where movies come out about slavery and you got people that speak against it, people that boycott it. Those are things that shouldn't be done because that is our past. That is our history. This is what happened to us. If we refrain from learning about our history, it's like erasing your existence. So we have a problem here where our people hate or dislike their history, and if you speak to them about it, they don't want to hear it. They go, man, we in 2000, I'm trying to get my money, I'm trying to party, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. I ain't trying to hear that. Are they right to be that way? Or is there something hidden that we're not looking into that is causing them to be that way? Well, the scriptures actually show us how people are. As much as people front and put a certain face or mask, the Most High knows us. And he knows exactly why some of our people do not like their history. Let's begin in the book of Wisdom of Solomon, chapter 11 and verse 12. Because here it tells us a reason why our people are so against learning their history throughout the year. And they only choose whatever time society dictates to them. They feel that this is the only proper time that they could speak about their history. So in Wisdom of Solomon chapter 11 and verse 12, it says, For a double grief came upon them, and a groaning for the remembrance of things past. So here it is that the Heavenly Father does reveal in His Word that at times when a person has gone through a certain painful experience that when they remember it, it brings about them a double grief. It bothers them inside. They feel troubled. That means that the reason some of our people are against hearing about slavery or hearing about their past is because of things that they experienced or things that they know affect them emotionally. Some of our people don't like slavery movies because it makes them angry. Some people don't like it because they feel like they're interpreting the situation as they were inferior. And this is the why we ended up in slavery. That's not the case. You should not erase your history out of your mind. Instead, you should confront the groanings, the grief that is inside of you. It's like I give an example. 
we all, when we were little kids, did not go happily to the dentist. Because when we think of the dentist, what we remember, we remember our teeth getting pulled out or that machine going in your mouth and you're like, oh, oh, it hurts. Or a needle being stuck in your arm. You didn't want to go to the doctor, but is it necessary in order to survive in the future? Is it necessary in order for you to make a better life for yourself? And the answer is yes. Is our history that terrible that we do not want to face it, that we do not want to speak about it? And if it's that terrible, ignoring it, is that the solution? In reality, the reason our people do not like their history is because by them looking at slavery movies, they're reminded of what they're suffering right now. A lot of times we go, that's in the past, you know, forget about that. That was back in the days. That was, oh man, you, you still stuck on that? We're not in slavery anymore. You might not have shackles in your feet or your hands shackled. You might not have a yoke of iron on your neck, but I bet you that there's a family member that is shackled. You might have a cousin, uncle, father, or brother that is in jail. And guess what? According to the Constitution, they are in captivity. They are, in fact, in slavery. They are allowed to make them give free labor. So what are you talking about that was back then? When there's a document, a legal document, present today that makes it lawful for you to be a slave. So when we hear those type of things, we're not running away from our history. You're running away from the reality that you're living right now. When we watch some of these movies, we see about families being separated and torn apart. And in some of our households today, you might have a missing person from your family. It might be that your father did not raise you. It might be that your mother raised you and she was not a good example of a mother. As a nation, we are like a woman that has been raped and does not want to confront the memory. And that's understandable. That's very understandable. But remember that example I gave earlier about the child and their tooth being pulled. Once we understand why these things really happen to us, then we could also understand how to fix our problems. Because by studying our history, is as like a teacher told me when I was in high school, by studying your history, you learn not to commit the same mistakes. Just like parents all the time, they made mistakes and they try to make their children avoid those mistakes. But the children don't understand, so they actually commit the same exact mistake as their parent. Why? Because they don't know their history. It wasn't told to them why these things is not to be done. And here it is that a lot of our family members, like the older generation that went through the civil rights movement, the older generation that are aware of our enslavement and, and possibly experienced it in some fashion or form, they do not like to speak to their children about the past. Think about this. Even in slavery, 
we were being trained to think a certain way. We were being molded by our mothers to be passive. We were being molded to honor the slave master. And in the same sense, culturally, that's what our people do when individuals are bothered by movies or when they're bothered by the talk of slavery. And when they try to dismiss it, like that was back then, right? That means that, in fact, those people are actually still suffering. They're not free mentally or physically because if they feel grief, why are they groaning? Why are they complaining? That's why when you look at our people, a lot of them have a big hole in their spirit and they're trying to fill it somehow. And they try to look for culture. They try to associate themselves with something. And a lot of times, some of them don't even do that. They try to forget their sorrows by thinking that they have such freedom that they could smoke it away, use drugs all day, drink all day, party it up. They think, oh, man, that's what I'm about. I'm about getting my money and getting my party, getting my women, and not realizing that you're making the same mistakes that many generations before us have done already. Like, you could watch the Malcolm X movie, and they show you that that's how he was before he became Malcolm X. But it doesn't have to be that way. If we start studying our history for a purpose, not just going and looking at memes, and you still remain the same person, you have to make a change. So when the scripture says, for a double grief came upon them and a groaning and a groaning. So if you're bothered by your history and your spirit inside of you is groaning, it's because you understand that you are in fact in captivity. Because when we go back to our forefathers that were slaves in Egypt, they did the same thing. Let's go to the book of Exodus actually to show that. Exodus chapter two. You won't have no groaning if you were all good. If everything was fine, you will see that most of the things that you're complaining about have been here for a long time and ignoring a problem does not make it go away. When I was younger, I decided never to use drugs ever. Doesn't matter if you think that weed is legal and everything, that's a drug. And I'm glad that I made that choice because my mother told me that people that do drugs are trying to escape the reality of their life. They think that they could escape the problems by getting high. But once that high is gone, they're going to be right back there to where they were before with the same problem, right in front of their face, confronting them that you cannot what? Escape. And that's how some people also live with the liquor. They try to be drunks to try to forget the trouble that they have. But that's not the solution. The solution as we're going to read in the scriptures, comes from the Most High. Let's look at the scripture in Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. So we're talking about the children of Israel being in Egypt. And the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their cry came up unto God by the reason of the bondage. And the word bondage means slavery. Now, when you look at our people, some of our grandmothers, some of our great-grandmothers were raped. They were whooped. They seen people get hanged. They saw 
our people getting tortured in various ways. Somehow, they kept their spirits strong. How? By crying to the Most High in the time of their bondage. They knew that they were not inferior. They were inventing things for these people. They were building their society. Our people were industrial while being slaves. So they knew that they were not beasts. But what happened to a lot of them? They allowed the indoctrination, the propaganda by their captors to actually make them teach their children to be accepting of slavery and to run away from their history and run away from learning who you came from. Forget about the name that we used to have. The master gave us this name now. This is all you need to know. Don't ask me that question. Don't ask me if I was raped or if this happened or that happened. And that's the sentiment that has been passed down, unfortunately, over many generations. But the children of Israel, when they were in bondage, they just cried to the Most High in unison. And it says in verse 24, and God heard their groanings. God heard their groanings. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Today we are taught God has no respect of persons. And they don't understand what that means. So, well, it doesn't matter what nation you're from. God has no respect to the nations. But here we're reading God does have respect to Israel because a promise has been made to us. By you ignoring your history, you are ignoring the solution. What our people are doing is like, it's like when you have a humongous math problem and you're just focusing on how long the numbers are. Let's just say, for argument's sake, that a 10-digit multiplication, 10 on the top, 10 on the bottom, right? And you're looking at it and you're just staring at the page like, damn, that's a lot of numbers. I don't think I could do that. And, and you just spend a half an hour while you're being quizzed or being tested at the one problem that has 10 on the top and 10 on the bottom. You're like, whew, that's too hard for me. That's too hard. And you're just thinking on the problem. You're just afflicting your mind and you just dwell on the problem without looking for a solution. That's what we do. But you know what? 10 digits on the top, 10 digits on the bottom is not hard even for a person that might be in second or third grade that has already memorized times table. It's not hard for them. You know why? Because they've been trained already to look for the answers in multiplication. When you're multiplying 10 digits against 10 digits, you're not doing the whole 10 digits. You're doing one digit at a time. One digit at a time. Our people, do they have problems? Yes. Immense amounts of problems. If we focus on each of the problems, just like we focus on each digit, you will find the solution. You will find the solution. And that's how the scriptures are. The scriptures give us answers for each and every problem. Everybody doesn't have the same problems. Some of us were not raised in a single parent household, so we don't have that problem. 
Some of us had both parents, but the problem is drugs in our household. So for each and every single one of us, we got to confront the problems and not run away from them. Just like if you fall from riding a bike. When you were first learning, you didn't have no balance. Someone was holding it behind you. Just like someone would give you guidance in learning how to multiply. And the person that could give us that guidance is the Heavenly Father through Christ. Christ said, take ye my yoke. It is light. Let's get that scripture. Instead of quoting it, let's read it. Let's go to the book of Matthew. Because believe it or not, Christ was in a time period when our people was in slavery. So in the book of Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, it says, Come unto me, O ye that labor and are heavy laden. So come unto me, O ye that labor and heavy laden. So Christ knows that we what? We're going through suffering. We, he knows that we got grief and groanings, but Christ didn't run away from our history. Instead, he used that as a springboard towards eternal life, salvation, getting a kingdom, becoming strong as a people again. In Exodus was their history, the same hope, the same compassion, the same liberation was possible to them. So come unto me, O ye that labor and heavy laden. So you might have burdens on your soul and your spirit that are weighing you down. The scripture says, come to Christ and you'll see that will become light. Little by little, you're going to start solving the problem. Little by little. It says, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. The rest is, of course, the Sabbath, the kingdom. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Learn of me. When we think about the crucifixion of Christ, we don't look at it as something that was like a man that suffered by the hands of a, an oppressor, a man that died being innocent. We don't look at it that way. Our people look at it in a religious way. But when you look at it with the eyes of what is being said in the scriptures, that basically Christ is us. We are his body. We are all members of him. So he went through what we went through and are still going through. So when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, listen, all we got to do is pick up the scriptures. We ain't really got to go through all that suffering internally or out there in the streets. It said, for I am meek. The word meek means he was humble and lowly in heart. I mean, he didn't think of himself, you know, really high. He wasn't going around, I'm the Christ, I'm the Christ, yo, bow down to me. He wasn't oppressing his own people. He wasn't, you know, merchandising them. He was looking for the liberty, the liberation of his people, the freedom of his people. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. You shall find rest unto your souls. You shall find rest unto your souls. You don't like history because it reminds you of your past, because it reminds you of the grief and the groanings, then you need to come to Christ. And I'm not talking about that white Jesus that be on the hanging on the wall. Those are graven images. We're not to come back to any image. It ain't going to smell. It, ain't, it can't see what we go through. I'm talking about apply the knowledge that is in the scriptures. 
not just looking at memes and saying, oh, that's interesting. And I'm going to share this. And that's the only action you take. I'm going to share this. No, how about you actually do something that will resolve one of your issues? If you don't love yourself, how are you going to love others? Only a slave has the type of mindset that when their slave master is sick, they say, we sick. No, we not sick. He is sick. So the same is with the problems of our society. You're going, we have a problem. Focus on fixing you. And when you do that, then it's going to cause a domino effect. I could assure you that for any problem, there's a solution within the scriptures dealing with our lives. Any problem. Because if we study our history, we will see what we did right and where we went wrong. All right. Back in the days, grandma and grandpa, they marched. They were there with the civil rights movement and everything like that. What worked and what didn't work? That's history right there. That is history right there. In every aspect of life, when you look at people that are successful, the reason they're successful is because they looked at the errors that they made before and do not commit them again. It's not because they quit. Like you can look at movies of different nations and different people that are teaching you about their history with no problems. But once it comes to your history, you're like, oh, I don't see that. It's okay for them to celebrate and to remember their past and to have that value within themselves that they have organizations to defend and to speak, but it's not okay for you. So you got to see that that pain, that pulling of the teeth, eventually you're going to have to see that that pulling of the teeth was necessary in order for you to get to where you need to be. You need to be a kingdom. If we as slaves were able to build this nation, because as Christ said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, but you dislike your history. If we finish reading here, it says in Matthews 11 and 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. If you apply the commandments of the heavenly father, they're easy. They, they make you think in the churches and in churchianity and in religion. Oh, that is so difficult. It's so difficult. But when you start keeping the commandments, you know that it's not a burden at all. It's easy. It's light. All of a sudden, your shoulders are feeling lighter. And you're taking on more of these problems and you're fixing them as you go along. Week by week, you're learning on the Sabbath something new. And you're like, oh man, I didn't know that. I got to correct that. And you're correcting because you're getting instructions for your life. This is the book of instructions. The pain could be fixed. We just read one scripture that says it. The pain could be fixed. Let's go to the book of Job real quick. Chapter 15. So in Job 15. So to some degree, I could definitely understand where some of our people are coming from, that they don't want to relive some experience that was negative to them. But at the same time, you have to confront it. Otherwise, you will be plagued the rest of your life and will not be able to live as you should. So in the book of Job, chapter 15 and verse 20, it says, 
The wicked man travaileth with pain all his days. See what happens? A wicked person is a person that is a sinner. A wicked person is a person that is evil, that doesn't want to do good. That type of person is the one that will travail with pain all his life. If you don't want the pain and suffering, you don't want the grief, you don't want the troubles in your spirit, then you need to stop being wicked. You need to take action to the old paths, go to the old paths and renew yourself and become new, a new creature in Christ. Just like when you go to a doctor and the doctor sees that you're sick, as much as you remember of the needle being stuck in your arm, you're like, oh man, I don't like that. I don't like, man, I don't like when the needles are stuck in my arms. That, that hurts. I don't like when they draw blood and stuff like that. But once you get it done, the pain is gone. Now the doctor understands what's wrong with you. And now you could be given a prescription to actually get rid of the disease. This is the same thing that the scriptures will do for you. It will show you your wickedness. It will show you your errors. And what you're currently doing wrong and what you have been doing wrong is like a mirror. It will show you your booger. <laughs> it will show you, you know, your face look crusty. You need to wash it. And here it is that now you could be presentable. Now you could have this as a tool to measure up by, to see what progress is going on. It's just like a, a fat person that wants to lose weight and they just dwelling on the fact that they're fat. They, oh, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. And they eating a donut. Oh, mm, donut. Drinking all types of sodas and doctors telling them, look, you're going to get a heart attack if you don't do something about it. And they just choose not to do something about it. They're like, I ain't going to think about that. If I die, I die. That's not a smart person. Same way as our people, when they learn the laws of God, that they cannot eat certain things, and they go to the doctor, and the doctor says, hey, do you eat shrimp? Do you eat lobster? Do you eat pig? Uh, you need to stop eating that. Giving you high blood pressure. It's giving you diabetes. It's doing this to you, doing that to you. And our people just choose to continue doing it. And they seen their parents die from it or suffer long, continual sickness from it because they chose to be wicked. If you're wicked, you're going to live your whole life in pain. Now, look at the next part of this verse. In case you thought the pain, it was talking about, you know, like my back pain, my knee hurt or something like that, which some of us, we have those problems, right? <laughs> but that's another, another conversation. It says here in verse 20, and the number of years is hidden to the oppressor. Why does the scripture say that? The number of years is hidden to the oppressor. This is an amazing verse. Here it is that police brutality has been happening to our people for decades, more than decades. You have our oppressors act like this is something new. How is it that they have a process for it, whether the cops should be indicted or not? to protect the system, and to continue the same thing. Just like it says here, the oppressor, to him, the number of years is hidden, meaning he hides it from you that this has been for a very long time. Recently, I was watching the movie Selma about Martin Luther King, and in that, 
movie, I was like so in shock that our people don't see the correlation with today. They were marching in the middle of the night. The police came and started confronting them and beating them and everything like that. And that looked like a scene from Ferguson to me. Then eventually within the movie, you have this family of a of a man and his mother and his grandfather running away from the police because they were part of the protest. They are inside a restaurant. A police officer saw them go in there. Eventually, a few cops go inside that restaurant, start beating up everybody. But the main focus was those three people. And they're beating the grandpa, which is in his 80s. And then they shot in point blank the son. And I was like, how they don't see that this has been this way for so long? So many movies like that are needed because you have co-workers that are white and they have white privilege. They don't know the suffering that we go through, but they try to make you forget your history all the time because they want to make it hidden the number of years of your oppression. There was a recently an article about in some state they were trying to rewrite the books of history about our enslavement, justifying it, making it seem like it was something that was agreeable to the slaves. These are things that you have to understand is being done because we do not speak about our history. This verse is so mind-blowing because for years our people have been in such oppression and is validated, is recorded. You have video proof. You have audio proof. You have historical books. But somehow, a lot of our people do not want to remember it. So the deaths of these people become something that is normal. And to those that are our oppressors, they continue the same routine, which affects our life in every aspect. Our people cry, but they cry into idols that can't help them. They go into churchianity. They go in and doing the same routines that did not work for more than 50 years, 60 years, 70. So you need to really go to the old, old paths of many, 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 many generations and see how things got started. See how things were before. See what potential we could have and what solutions we could have. Let's jump to verse 31, because what I want you to understand is that these 28 days of February, according to the Roman calendar, they're 28 days that our people are willing to hear some history as long as they don't have to make a change. So that means that the memes, the videos, the audios or whatever is shared, the pictures is for nothing. It's more of a marketing tool to our oppressors, those that have us in captivity, to continue their propaganda, to pacify our people, make them forget, to basically restart the clock. Like, oh, I don't know that it's been this long that we that we have police brutality. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't know that it that you know for so many years there there has been arrests that were done by racial profiling. I, oh, I didn't. I didn't know that there's people in jail that, you know, did not commit the crime. They were just black the wrong time. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that happens. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, 
oh, we're going to do this to fix it. Oh, we're going to do that. And they give you these fake fixes. We're going we're gonna to give you a day to remember it. Listen, people, you are the solution. You. You're the one stopping yourself from getting your household correct and from living the life that you want. You're your own enemy. You allow yourself not to help yourself. You're that fat person that ignores the doctor. And the one that's trying to heal you is the most high through Christ. Because it says here in verse 31, let not him that is deceived, because that's how our people are. They are deceived. How they deceived? They are in religion. They think the Bible is a religious book. But when you read the Bible, the Bible consists of three things. History, laws, and prophecies. These laws are not the laws of this government. These laws are the laws of God on how you should live your life every day. He that is deceived, let not him that is deceived trust in vanity. What do I mean trust in vanity? You'll be trusting that they're going to indict this person, indict that person for murder when the nation was built on murder, when your parents, they have seen cases, many cases before this one of the same type of injustice and the same outcome but you trusted in vanity. Oh, you thought a black president was going to fix this for you, huh? This could only be fixed by a black king, Christ. Here it is that you're looking at your Facebook feed or Instagram or whatever. It's just information that doesn't do anything. It doesn't build us up. It doesn't motivate us to do anything. Like I give you an example. The person that came up with the idea of sharing black history in February he said the mere imparting of information is not education. That's a wise and very smart thing that he said. Because you're sharing information, that doesn't mean you're giving education to anyone or that you're actually having a good effect on each other. That's why the scripture tells us, let not him that is deceived trust in vanity. Meaning, don't put your trust in that you're doing your part just because you're sharing a post or a meme, or whatever. Said, so for vanity shall be his recompense. What is going to be your payment? What is going to be the outcome of it? Vanity. The word vanity means worthless. For those of our people that dislike their history, but they're willing to hear some history in this month, let's give them something with substance. How about we share Deuteronomy chapter 28 for these 28 days? So that way they could see what happened to us was recorded in the Bible. And if it was recorded in the Bible, then that means that there was a reason why it happened. And if there was a reason, there is also a solution to that problem. Don't just share things just because, oh, it sounded good, or I like this picture, or whatever, and have no accountability or have nothing to show for later on. Let's make ourselves rich in our minds with wisdom that will actually be profitable to our daily lives, that we could implement, that we could actually do something with. Instead of just looking at things on Facebook all day, how about we do something with our days? Because the scripture just told us that our oppressors, they act like the oppression, the, the suffering that we have been going through is something new. And if you mention, you know, something about slavery, they go, oh, that wasn't me. That was way back then. 
when the situation hasn't changed and they did not even look to repair or do any kind of reparations for us. And the reason some of our people don't like the history as well is because they associate themselves and they want to assimilate to those that had them in oppression. They want to be like them. They don't like to be reminded that you are not a white person. And for that reason, when you look in our history in the Bible, the same things that happened to those that wanted to be Greeks when they were not, like the children of Israel that wanted to copy the Greeks, some of them died from the same people they try to mimic, that they worshipped, that they revered, that they adored. Just like in the civil rights time, those of our people that were in churchianity, they suffered bombings in their churches. It's the same thing happening again. What about the church shooting that happened recently? Things repeat itself. History repeats itself. And some of our people are making the same mistakes over and over again. So the scripture tells us this in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 31. Envy thou not the oppressor. And what do I mean by envy? Envy the oppressor means that you're jealous, that you want to be like him. You got sisters that put on blonde wigs and dye their hair blonde. Don't envy that. Your hair is not blonde. Don't you know in the Bible that's called a plague of leprosy? Some of our people want to be white. And that's why they don't like their own history. Envy thou not the oppressor and choose none of his ways. What do I mean choose none of his ways? Don't copy their lifestyle. Don't copy their customs and their ways. Some of our people want to be Muslims. For what? You are not an Arab. The Arabs had you in slavery. They're the ones that sold you to the so-called whites. Churchianity was not for you. I could give an example. You got the religion of the Mormons, where they literally, in their book, it says that the blackness of the skin, it was caused by sin. And that's not, it's not only confined to the Mormons, but all of churchianity had that belief and still continue to have that belief. They teach you you are a son of Ham, when that is not true. Ham did not get cursed with blackness of skin. Was Christ cursed? Because he was black. Was Moses cursed? Because he was black. What about Solomon? None of those men were cursed. They were blessed by the Heavenly Father. And they were black skinned. They were dark skinned men. We now have to go back to our history and see, are we to learn from them or are they to learn from us? Were they our teachers or were we their teachers? Because when you look at churchianity, the Roman Catholic, Protestant, or whatever church was not endorsed by Christ. Christ did not go around saying, I'm a Roman Catholic. Abraham did not say, I'm a Roman Catholic or Muslim or any of these religions. In fact, the Romans were killing the disciples. They were pagans. They worshiped false gods. And they now are trying to mimic your beliefs and make you think that they were the first to teach about Christ. That's a lie. It took them 300 years to create their fake religion, and that's how all of churchianity exists today, 300 years after Christ. And what did they do with that? They mixed in all the paganism together and tried to make it seem like it was Christian. Who are the Christians according to the Bible? The children of Israel. But because we don't like our history, we don't find those things. When you look at our people that came out of slavery, 
Who did they identify themselves with? The children of Israel. Why? Because they were able to read the scriptures and see that this was their book. Even though it's not in the original language of Hebrew, they were able to see that this book is the same as that book. That's why in a lot of movies you see or a lot of shows about slavery, they always say that they were the children of Israel. But what do our people do? Ignore those shows. Ignore those movies. So don't try to be like the other nations. Don't have hatred for yourself where we can see each other and we look at each other with hate. But then we look at the oppressor that treats us wrong with love. Makes no sense. Choose not the ways of the oppressor. Remember the Exodus. Remember your history. Do not hide your history from your children. That's what the Heavenly Father said to do. To not hide the history from your children. Matter of fact, let's read that. Psalm 78. In Psalm 78 and verse 3, it says, Which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. What did our fathers told us? They used to teach us our history, who we are, where we come from. We will not hide them from their children. What we will not hide? The laws, our history, our prophecies from our children. Showing to the generations to come the praises of the Lord. Like, how did the children of Israel get freedom from slavery in Egypt? Was it through marching? Was it through protesting? How did they get their freedom? It says, and his strength and his wonderful works that he have done. Even in the churches, you're told not to read the so-called Old Testament because it will reveal your history. The first black man to exist in the Bible was the first man created, Adam. So as soon as you start reading the Bible from the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, you are in fact reading your history. Let's go from here to Psalm 72. Psalm 72. Because we need to get rid of this pain, this hole in our souls. We need to be freed from that grievous memory and to look forward to the hope that is before us. It says here in Psalm 72 and verse 4, He shall judge the poor of the people. We are poor. We are oppressed. We are the ones that keep this economy going and put billions of dollars into every nation's pocket except for our own. The Heavenly Father is going to judge our people for their actions, for their works on how they live. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy. And for those of us that desire to get the kingdom by individually making a change, and then our families, those of us that will continue being needy, however, we will be saved. That's the difference between the one that trusts in vanity and is deceived. His recompense, his payment, his his reward is going to be still vanity. But those of us that know we're going to be judged, and not only us, this kingdom is going to be judged, this nation, those that do wrong to us are going to be judged. At least we're going to be saved. Even if we live our lives still being needy, still having to work for what we need. It says, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. What is God going to do? He's going to break in pieces the oppressor. So the Most High is letting you know, oppression is not going to be forever. It has never been. You have to understand the importance of your history now. 
And if you see that your history is important, help others see it as well. Share the message. Spend these 28 days giving them Deuteronomy 28. We're going to try our best to give resources every day to those of our people that are of like-minded and are willing to hear their history. And maybe you'll be able to recover yourselves from the snares, from the traps, and be able to start solving some of your problems and save yourself. Save yourself. I got one more scripture for you, brothers and sisters. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 21, because the call is for you to make a change. The call should be that you apply the history that you learn in the scriptures. Like I give an example. Is there something in our history that we could learn to make a change in anything that offends us? And the answer is yes. You have to make a change individually first. You need to start applying what you learn in the scriptures. Don't read it as just stories. Read it as a manual of what could happen here and there. Like, remember those books when you used to go to the library that will have alternative endings? And if you read it one way, the person might die. If you read it another way, the person lived happily forever. Well, this is how you can read the Bible. There's people that are in there that were wicked, and we see the end result of their lives. There were people that were righteous in the scriptures, and we see how they prospered and lived wonderfully. This is not a fictional book. This is history that you could go and study even outside of the Bible. You've heard of Alexander the Great? He's in the Bible. There's people that are in the Bible. If we look into the scriptures, we will find ourselves. If you're believing that you're a Gentile, where in the Bible can you say that you come from? What Gentile nation? That's the challenge. What Gentile nation? But if you read Deuteronomy 28 and you identify with the things that is mentioned in that chapter, then maybe you're not a Gentile. Maybe you will be able to see that you are, in fact, the children of Israel and that God put this as a sign in front of you so that you could return to the promises and the respect that he had towards us. The promise that he gave our father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So in Jeremiah chapter 21 and verse 12, it says this, O house of David, thus saith the Lord. Now Christ comes from the house of David. Execute judgment in the morning. So we want the heavenly father to give us justice. Then you have to be just among each other. When it says execute judgment in the morning, meaning every day, make sure that you execute the judgments that are written in the scriptures. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Your neighbor is your brother and sister in your neighborhood. Don't kill. Don't murder. Don't steal. How can you execute judgment in your neighborhood? It says right here, and deliver him that is spoiled, meaning robbed, out of the hand of the oppressor. The way you could execute judgment in your neighborhood is by helping each other. You see a brother and sister that is lost in their understanding? Reach out to them. You see a brother or sister that is hungry? Feed them. There's laws in the Bible called the law of tithe. Instead of giving your 10% of money to a fake preacher and pastor, execute judgment against that man. By withholding the money, because first of all, tithe is not money, and giving it to the poor that are needy and hungry. If you don't do this, if you don't make a change individually, the Heavenly Father said, Let my fury go out like fire. 
The Most High has been using this situation as correction to us. As a father chastises his child for the wrong that they do, the same has been with us. The nations are the rod that God has been using against us. And if we don't change from the present situation that we're in, the punishment can be equal to what we're suffering now. It's going to be that we're going to be put in the fire. We're going to suffer destruction. Let my fury go out like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Because of what? The evil of your doings. So if you don't want pain, you don't want suffering, then stop being evil. And once you stop being evil, your history won't be a problem no more. With that, I give all praise and honor to the Heavenly Father through His Son Christ. And I hope this class will motivate you brothers and sisters to study about yourselves. Shalom.